Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George Mannion, and I am joined by my co-host, Liam McGuinness. Hello. Our usual co-host, Grant Naylor, cannot make it today. Shame on him. Did, did you call him Grant Naylor? I did. Yeah, his name's Grant Parkin. Why Grant Naylor's the Red Dwarf writer from... <laughs> Good. Enjoy that one, Grant. And we have a special co-host today. We have Vlada. Hello. Welcome. I'm still laughing about that little mishap there. (laughs) That's okay. Do you know I used to work with a Grant Naylor too? That's probably why. Uh, Yeah, so Vlada, you have an exciting name. Please share that with us. Ooh, is it? Boy, is it. Vlada is my name, first name as most of us have a first name, uh, Vlada Edaripoligi. So it's a bit of a mouthful. I love it. It's Great. a bit scary, so but, you know, awesome. it's okay. Like, you get the hang of it after a little while. It took me a long time to learn to spell it. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's fair <laughs> enough. Well, my mother called me Georgiana because she figured it was a bit complicated and it, it would make me seem smart at school. So there you go. You seem very smart. Family's weird. So uh, each episode here on Flawless, uh, one of us will propose an album that we consider to be flawless and what that means to each of us. So why we decide this is flawless and we put our case forward to the rest of the team and we decide at the end whether it is or isn't. And as we have a special guest today, Vlada will be bringing an album to us. So please share. Well, the album that I have chosen today to bring to the table... Oh, <laughs> is, of course, A Seat at the Table by Solange, her 2016 album release, which is a work of art, I would like to say. So you're bringing the high class. Very fun. Yes, and I, I'm actually starting to mimic your accent. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to screw this up, but I'm, it's her third album, her third full-length album, I'm pretty sure, and she also released an EP just before. No, I normally write those down, but for this one time I didn't. So yeah. Let's go with that. I'm like she released one when she was like 16, super young, bunch of bangers. It is her third album. Yes, it is. Awesome. Cool. Lock it in, everybody. (laughs) My brain, but not on my paper. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's actually on my paper, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't know. This this album has very has affected me in a very real way, and like there's so many layers to it as well. Being a black woman, struggling to fit in with society, society's expectations, talking about, you know, uh, police killings of, like, the black rights, the black rights matter movement. Motherfucker. Fucked that up. Black Black lives. lives? Black lives matter movement. There's 
there's so much in this album about identity, self-empowerment, self-reflection, healing, and also so many great collaborations with amazing artists Mm -hmm. that are all people of color as well, which is fantastic. Just a few things that I like about this album, guys. Good way to kick off. (laughs) And how did you come across this album? This I, I've been a big fan of Solange for a while. Also a fan of her sister, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know, uh, <laughs> but I was a really big fan of her EP True, which came out before this, and that was just like a really great like soul EP. Um, lots of bangers. You know, she's just got such a fantastic voice, and she's an amazing writer. Um, but I did see like a lot of teasers about this album. As she was putting stuff up online, she did a lot of interviews um, about what this album was kind of going to be, which was so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. It like just ended up being like a, it's almost like a novel and she's opened herself up to and release something that's just so raw, but also so relatable. Like I, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. I, I got it the second it was released. <laughs> I um I bought it on iTunes and just was driving back from Warwick. I'm really nice. specific, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was driving back from Warwick and I was like I downloaded off iTunes and I got all the um like the little lyric sheet as well and just yeah. like made my partner drive from Warwick. Again, I yeah. don't know why I'm being so specific about that. But um, but yeah, and just went through every single track and every single lyric and just did it over and over for, well, only twice because it's only an hour and 40 minute drive. So yeah. from Warwick. <laughs> from Warwick, guys. Yeah. That was in Warwick. It's, it's a really big album in pretty much most definitions of that word. So it's long. It's 50 minutes long. It's got lots of tracks, which is mo- like a lot of those because of the interludes and that sort of stuff. But then, yeah, it's really big message album, a really big personal album. And she's found a really interesting way to make the big message stuff still be personal and not, yeah, I guess lose herself in that in the message. Yeah, she she did cop quite a lot of flack. I I was reading, and also she mentioned it in a couple of interviews about how like because it, it's quite a contrast this album compared to her first two, mm-hmm. and, as well as the true EP, which was beautiful, but it was mainly just pop songs about love or pop songs about. You know, it was obviously they have layers as well, and you know those songs, you know, have meaning. But um, to come out with something like this, which is so, it's like an activism album, yeah. like essentially. And I think she copped a lot of flack from a a lot of um, like I like a lot of her fans and a lot of like music execs as well. Is that how you say it? Yeah, music execs, record, people. <laughs> record label yeah. people. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, it's been, it was in, actually, it was in the song where she talks about biting the hand that feeds, which is in, oh, I'm trying to find it, but I'm starting to, oh God, I think, was it in For Us, By Us, maybe? She talks about, um, yeah, biting the hand that feeds, which is that hand being like the, the music industry and mm-hmm. how they're like, we've given you so much. And you're just like basically shitting on us. Yeah. Talk because we're all white men. Yeah. <laughs> That's got a really lovely lyric in it. Don't my wings before I learn to fly. I do come back down earth to die. 
heard that and went, ooh. Oh, feels. Yeah. Oh, so bit, good. It was a bit feels, wasn't it? <laughs> I want to uh, correct myself as well. It wasn't for us by us. It was oh. don't you wait. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So I just referenced for us by us. Which is, <laughs> hey, that's a great song. And we're, look, we're going to talk F-U, about that song. Because you be you. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. so I don't even know where to start. Liam, had you had <laughs> this album before? I had not. I knew who she was just by virtue of being Beyonce's sister. Um, and I knew she's sort of got a bit of a crossover in a way Beyonce probably doesn't to a bit more of the indie kind of crowd. But that was pretty much as much as I knew before I listened to this album. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, but I do have a couple of notes here, which is a couple of interesting things. was released, she created her own record label to put it out. So that's where I guess Same. one of the things is like, all right, I'm sick of putting the albums out under this system that doesn't really work for me. So I'm just, it's what you do is you create your own label and suddenly it's all your responsibility and for you know, better or for worse. Um, it reached number one on the Billboard 200, which meant that her and Beyonce became the first ever sisters who were both solo artists to receive number one albums in the same calendar year. <gasps> I just got goosebumps. Which I thought was pretty great. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, first number one album on the in the US um, and then only the one single, Cranes in the Sky, mm-hmm. um, and it won the Grammy for Best R&B Performance and it became her first Grammy nomination and win. So she was one from one. Assuming, well, I don't, I don't think she's put anything else out yet, has she? So she's probably literally one from one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. She hasn't put anything else It's a out. great record. It's great. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Cool. That song in particular, Cranes in the Sky, it's, it's like, it's a big one to unpack, I think. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite songs on the album for sure. Mm-hmm. I can see why it was a single. Yeah. Like when I was listening to it, because so many other ones are kind of like, um, almost like little sonnets to herself um, there that you, you that she's letting you in on, whereas Cranes in the Sky felt more like she's communicating with you. Like So I can see why that would be like a single of something of, of merit from the album. So it was really nice to get to that track because I'd never listened to any of her stuff before. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. I, knew, I just exciting. knew her as Beyonce's sister, innit? So like, <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I'm sure she's all right, but, you know... Whatever. When did you come to Australia again, George? Um, three and a half years ago. Okay. December 2014. Okay, because we always ask George and Grant, did the artists make it to where oh, they are? Oh, yeah. But George would have been in Australia by the time yes. Solange started and doing I, stuff. I can like, pretty much guarantee yeah. she made it to England. Yes. Um, yeah, she's Yeah, big England usually everywhere. gets stuff more than Australia does because mm. there's a lot more people. Yes. Um, yeah, so I know I just know of her through osmosis, but I didn't actually ever sit down and go, I'm gonna have, a, I'm just gonna listen to you now. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting as well, though, because like a lot of Beyonce's big songs, like they collaborated on as well. So you probably heard a lot more of her than you thought. Oh, like on, nice. um, Sneaky. on yeah. Beyonce's previous, not her current, not Lemonade, mm. but the album prior, which was self titled, um, a lot of those songs were collab, well, not just collaborated, I think, like. Solange did a lot of writing but yeah I think she's always kind of been more of the indie Mm. she's like the indie Beyonce she's like the you know the person that's like wearing a flat hat that's saying (laughs) I don't like pop music but I like Solange (laughs) um, one of my uh, colleagues spent a lot of time playing a lot of Erica Badu and then and it like introduced me to that kind of soulful sound a lot more and things as well so when I first listened I was like oh I can hear some little some of these like movements uh, really reminded me of the soulful raspy but point making 
records going, I'm an empowered black woman living in America. I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to do it in such a way that you can drink your coffee in peace. (laughs) (laughs) And like so many of the songs were just like, ah, I can have you in the background and I don't feel confronted by you at all because Mm. I'm not listening to the words. Whereas then you listen to the words or like I was like brought up all the lyrics and stuff because I was like, oh, you know, what is she? You know, I read about her breakdown and stuff and how she channeled it into her, um, into this album. And I went, oh, I should probably read these, like, rather than just have it in the background. So, yeah, so I made a point of understanding what the whole record was about, understanding what she was going through. And she was, like, she talks a lot about being fed up of being the, like, the black woman representative the voice of black women everywhere and being picked apart for it and she talks about that in one of her songs and stuff and I was like this is very important like for someone like me who is very not black I don't understand the um I could couldn't begin to understand um what it's like for an an African-American woman in America even if you're rich as hell like I couldn't begin to understand what it's like for you to live through that and to know what your parents have lived through etc so it's been it was a really powerful thing for someone that I identify as an intersectional feminist but I need to listen more to the voices of people who are trying really hard to tell me what it's like for them that's what this record felt like yeah it's it's interesting that you say that though because I I like I do find a lot of the songs on this album very poppy like super catchy Mm. and that there's so many hooks in there that I want to sing along to. Um, But also at the same time, like, I think you very much could listen to this and probably just only hear it for its melodies. And, like, her lyrics aren't explicit. They're not, like... They are explicit, but they're in a way that, like, you probably could if you really didn't want to listen to them. Like, you could just listen to them as, like, a pop song. Um, But then you've got the track For Us By Us, which we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. which I think is almost... Um, it's like a like a fence like she's like put up this barrier in the first line of the song that means that's like basically saying like if this song isn't for you you can't sing along yeah. and I really really like <laughs> I really like that because it's like which is the whole album is just about like trying to like grasping to get something back like so desperately and then basically just having a song which I personally think is the poppiest song on the album like Mm. I think it's the song that you just really just it was the song that when I saw her live everyone got up and started dancing to and but you could like look around the room and a lot of people can't like they couldn't sing along because you know they weren't like they they can't say the n-word because it's not theirs (laughs) yeah and I think that's that's really powerful Mm. and I find it very impressive so everyone's dancing and they're not saying anything but they're just like yeah (laughs) I'm I'm glad that people took that bit as seriously as it needed to be taken Mm -hmm. that yeah you can dance along but it's not the words aren't for you yeah well she says um oh there's a lyric yeah oh the the second verse actually the whole second verse of that song is really I find it like almost like quite confronting but um, in the second verse when she says oh, when you're feeling all alone and you can't even be you up in your home when you like, even it references a story where she was trying to get into like her complex where she lived and they wouldn't let her car through so she right. had to park on the street and walk because they just wouldn't let her car in mm. and then after that she says um, 
they ask you what's your name again because they're thinking yeah you're all the same so saying basically like yeah like all black people are the same and it's like <laughs> experiencing that racism and even the tiniest little interactions like it's not racism doesn't have to be big and massive and on a giant scale to happen it's the tiny little interactions every day as well mm-hmm. well that comes through and don't touch my hair yeah oh what a track um, <laughs> yeah like we uh there's a lot to unpack in that one um just a shout out to Sanford, by the way yeah yeah what a, what a great feature i love like there's so much about pride in hand she's talking about you know like the effort that goes into what happens with her own hair and people just treat it like a novelty and she's like no you don't you don't get to touch me. That's not okay. Mm. And it happens to so many. And I like, like people and you read about it all the time online about like, I have an afro and I leave it out. And people just will come up to me on the subway and go, ah, can I touch your hair? And it's like a thing. And so there was a hashtag at one point going, you can't touch my hair. And like the, she's written, had to write an entire song about this going, this is a real problem. It's like systemic racism. This is, yeah, well, it's denying respect and consent mm-hmm. and agency over one's body. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, but, but also at the same time, like, by touching someone's hair, you're, yeah, denying them their personal boundaries and their identity, but also, like, playing into that whole idea of, like, I love black culture, like, I love wearing hoops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, like, oh, there's no problem in race. Like, you know, like, black and white people, I don't see colour. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's I'm no problem. Yeah, there's no there's no problem here. But I just, like, I really like how you people, like, wear hoops and, like, you, like, put your hair up in braids. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Kate at school was half Nigerian and she was the only, like, black girl in school and she had braids and they were really cool and she had like purple stuff in purple in them and everything and she had to go she had to travel 50 miles to go and find someone that could do braids for her um and she'd come to school and everyone was just like can i touch your hair can i touch your hair all the time and uh it's like a zoo animal (laughs) yeah and and to the point where a teacher stood her and the one chinese girl in our class up in science to say we're in biology Let's talk about biology and stuff. These two girls, look at them. They're different. <laughs> and that was not that long ago. Yeah. We're talking like the year 2000. Uh, yeah. So it's been a problem for a long time. And I've only ever been on the outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah. This is this album really raises all those issues. Like I, I think like especially in um, Mad. Mm-hmm. Love Lil Wayne, by the way. Yeah, he, <laughs> just want to. He does, he does really that. well here, and I think in a song that's not necessarily geared towards his strength. So normally he is that big party banger, really aggressive mm. sort of fighting style, and the the music, the instrumentation, it doesn't work to his strength. Also, he has to sort of bring himself up a bit of a level as well. Cause doing it all ain't enough. Cause everyone out in my cup. Cause I just I still owe me bucks. So I got the right to get bucked, but I try not to let it build up. I'm too high, I'm too better, too much. So I let it go, let it go, let it go. Yeah, oh, and it's fantastic. And as we were saying before, like, sort of, like, you know, black people not having any sort of agency, I've, I really related to this song, and this is my favourite song on the album, um, because, like, it is challenging that angry black woman stereotype, 
which is so prevalent still it's it's exhausting and I find myself having these conversations every day to the point where I'm just like you know like it's it it is it is exhausting when someone tells you to not be upset you you know why are you so upset why are you so angry what are you you know with that whole song is just basically that dialogue back and forth mm. and when I listened to it for the first time it was almost like a relief yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the fact that it was the first time it, I think that swearing and rapping came into the album like it, it we've just kind of we've come through and it's been really beautiful and then it was like no I'm gonna be pissy for a bit and like yeah. and I <laughs> think I'm allowed to be and yeah here we go and then and introducing Lil Wayne in and getting him to do rapping on it was just like really important you know we've had um, we've just come from her own dad talking about oh, his uh, yeah talking about experiences of racism why, and why he's mad and I'm like I love the fact that she got her parents on to like talk it's just like getting your parents to do your homework yeah. like can yeah. you come in can you come and do a talk on my album um, but yeah I just thought that was like to go from why had why he is Matthew, isn't it? Um, yes. Why Matthew Knowles was upset? Why he was mad? And like things he'd seen? Why he was mad? Is as a little like talk piece, and then to go into that song was really like that was very poignant for me. I loved it. Yeah, it's so perfect. Also, like how there's so many different types of anger within this song. Like you know you've got um, you've got Solange talking about like having that sort of conversation with someone about them being like why are you so upset about all these things that are happening and her trying to stand her own ground obviously her dad in the interlude you know talking about that horrible like that like when he was younger when like being put in the back of that truck or whatever like it was super confronting listening to that and then you've got Lil Wayne saying I used to rock hand-me-downs and now I rock now I rock standing crowds like he's like yeah fuck yes (laughs) (laughs) Rags to riches. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I really enjoyed the sort of the transition of anger, like the the different faces of it, I suppose. Mm. That was really great. But I think I actually think that the, the the strong point in this album are the interludes and how they all intersect. Yeah. Tina's is my favorite for yeah. sure. Tina's is really good. Oh. That was and I guess just really laying it out like in really simple terms like you know everyone who hasn't got it by this stage guess what you're about to get it you're about to understand because this is i'm just gonna almost spell the album out word for word so yeah 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 it is like having an intro but like having it later in the album going if you haven't got it yet yeah mama's here yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she's gonna say some stuff absolutely you will understand well she really does spell it out doesn't she yeah Mm. and she does it in like that very that sort of that mother tone as well where she's just like look by you know black being beautiful it doesn't mean that you don't like white people and you don't like white culture like she says it in such an earnest way but that's like isn't it really sad that she has to keep herself composed to do it like when you are hearing the voices of someone explaining why black lives matter, it, people will only like other people will only listen mm. if you're calm and you do it in a nice way yeah. and you follow all the rules and etc. and so forth and you're not allowed to show your some of your anger about it. And so when Tina's there, she's like, okay. Here's mother. I'm going to tell you what it's like. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm dying on the inside. Yeah, but, yeah. but <laughs> just going seriously. We're still fighting this. Like that's what you. That's how I'd want to be. Like, why is this still happening? Why? But I don't. 
like I'm not qualified to make assumptions about any of this um but I I can only be like somebody that observes but like I yeah I found some of the um I I found our parents interludes in particular and I think one of them is it Master P he's he does does a but most he does two I think I think maybe so I think he might do a couple um uh but yeah like I just think that they were like nice little bookmarks in the album to mm. say this is where we are now. Yeah, and this is, by the way, this is another thing. So you know how you were comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, stop that. Yeah, like the pretty songs finished. Yeah, and there's a piano playing some now. Real yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> and that's that's really sweet and everything. But you need to sit down and listen because this is really important. Mm. So what other songs? Do you what hit you in the feels? Well, maybe taking a break from like the the real well, like obviously every song here is like very it's a heavy hitter. But as in terms of a banger, Juni, mm. that song is a massive banger. I just want to dance forever. Yeah, it has a sweet bassline. Oh man, it is just like it is. It's such a groovy song. It's like the groovy. It's the grooviest track I reckon. Mm. Also, Andre three thousand. Yeah, well, Andre three thousand brought his funk to yeah. it. So it and like. That song's about um, Junie Morrison of the Ohio Players, which I didn't know. I Googled that, and that's, like, I think where the name of the song came from. Mm-hmm. But um, I just in terms of, like, a in terms of like a good banger with like a great bass line, just like a great chorus of singers, that one has to be the one that like, that's the song that you'd want to, like if you ever were in the, had the opportunity to like have a full band yeah. and like have like a really exquisite bass player and a bunch of like horns and stuff, you just, just, just break get, it out. It, get involved <laughs> and you just get up there and you're like, yeah. This is this is me. This is the song. <laughs> um, I the next song actually, uh, "Don't Wish Me Well." That one I was like, when I first when it first starts, it sounded like European electro indie, and I was like, this is so weird. I was like, and it just stopped me for a second because we um, had an interlude, I think, with Master P, Mr P, um, and then suddenly the sound came out. Like, are we German now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, what's, I what guess just that. happened? And uh, yeah, so, but um, and then the the deep bass comes in, and I was like, oh, there we go. Oh, that, lo- gotta love that deep bass. Yes. Um, and I found uh, in a lot of the songs, I find that she stays up in her upper register a lot, and um, there's only a few songs where she really moves around her vocal mm. range and so and I'm very driven by vocals like when I listen to music and so this one she actually moves around her vocal range a lot where she dips in the chorus and um, brings it back up again because there's lots of very like soprano parts which is like really sweet um, but I was just and I know that you know I don't know well I don't know 
there's obviously going to be comparisons between her and her sister and blah 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 um but yeah but i was hoping for more of her of the range that she's got because she's clearly got it because she yeah. does some phenomenal oh she like, does some stuff some mini Ripperton stuff like yeah. some full on ethereal kind yeah. of stuff um, but I was just like really um, whenever she came down into a lower register it brought me back in and yeah. I was just like oh there we go that's what I want Like, yeah I completely agree with that like being a vocalist as well like I, I there was something about it's like almost like the first half of the album I don't like when she's up in her high register it's so beautiful but there's something about that's like a bit urgent about it that kind of kept me feeling like something was coming maybe mm. because I, I guess it's like maybe because I'm aware that like staying up there is like quite tiring how's she doing this <laughs> but yeah but when she does it's almost like because you're you're very focused like when she's up in that r- range you're sort of sitting up there with it you're kind of waiting for her to almost come down and then when she does sort of what is it like? Almost at the end of the album here, like in "Don't Don't Wish Me Well" is where we're. That's where we. That's where we're at. Hey, yeah. When she finally sort of comes down into it, you're like, it's almost like a relief. Like it's a yeah. big release. Well, I I do vocals too, and I was always a <clears throat> like upper soprano and stuff like that. And yes, it is tiring. Uh, but also, I you do I like when I'm listening. I lift my whole. Sh- I lift my shoulders. I lift my body. I'm like, I'm up there because I know what it's like to sing there and I'm like oh come on give me a break and then <laughs> she'd give me a break a couple of times and I'm like oh thank you and I just like wiggle down um yeah and because I think she did on the one with Lil, with uh what's his face with Lil Wayne she she started to be a bit more like it like that was the first time I'd heard her drop down a bit yeah she was almost chatting yeah mm. like got a lot to be mad about guys yeah <laughs> like, ta-da. uh yeah um but everything else like in that first half is very like in rise as well like rise is just like all up all up in the head voice mm. it's a really interesting op- album opener like it just sort of just her vocals just kick straight in like there's no sort of slow build up or yeah i find it bit confronting like just mm-hmm. it was a it was an unusual way for an album to start for me not normally listening to this kind of music very much i was like mm. oh, okay that's unusual i, but really I don't know whether it is or not maybe i'm just yeah no no my... I, I you're just sort of thrown into it mm. aren't you yeah like, you hear that first you hear that first track and you're like oh we're here all right yeah. <laughs> and then it just immediately yeah you you don't really get a chance to have a breather before it starts mm. you're very much just thrown into it yeah i feel like you don't really get a breather anywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> now pretty, that I'm thinking about through. it. If anything, maybe the interludes are like the breather where it's sort of, okay, you can just sort of listen to that more direct messages, sort of the direct talking rather than, yeah, sort of involving the instrumentation as well. But I, I'm guessing that's the point, yeah. right? Like she's just like, I'm not going to, you know, I've got 50, what is it, 50 minutes? 52 minutes. I've got 52 minutes yep. for you to listen to me and to like, for me to get my message across so... You motherfuckers aren't getting a break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I liked Weary. I was looking at the lyrics of that and it seemed so existentialist. Yeah. Like, so that's when she's like... stuff i'm like okay <laughs> like 
are you are you is there someone around someone needs to look after you right now yeah so, and she you know again like she does talk about like it being a recovery period and everything else and she's going through so much um but yeah like i was just there going i feel you yeah like, yeah just I, I know what it's like to be jaded by the world jeez mm-hmm. you more so than you know yeah most people yeah and i like to mentally separate myself from my body and from everything sometimes for a bit of a break as well and i'm like you just have to warn the people around you like hi just so you know i'm just going to be gone for a little bit <laughs> um i'll be back later and yeah and it's mentally doing it and being really being really frank about that and writing it in such a poetic so i think she's a poet um so doing it and you called her an art like an artist so yeah so i find a very poetic um yeah and I've, I've, I, that would be the kind of the lyrics of that would be a poem I would read about yeah. existentialist feelings mm. and disassociative feelings when working through like mental recovery. Absolutely, and she sandwiches like it, like the album's almost sandwiched with those those types of with two songs that are have that same sort of message. Um, I find that in Borderline and mm-hmm. Ode to Self Self Care, um, she she very much talks about that as well, but more so. Like, I feel like in Weary, she's just like, it's almost like a cry for help. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm. And then once she gets into Borderline, she's just like, I, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I got to go, this like, take happen. my son to school. Yeah. You know, I've, I can't keep watching, you know, black people being shot on television. I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> Weird that, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's it was interesting for Borderline because it's got Q-tip on it. But I didn't hear him doing it i don't think he did any rapping he might have been singing some backing vocals for the chorus that's a really good point but i was just that's like i was I like because like it's one of the names that i recognize being the white guy who knows like very little about hip-hop is like i know that name and then i was like all right here we go where's the and it just i was waiting for a verse and it just didn't didn't happen yeah. so then i was like so i listened to it back a few times like oh yeah no he's, he's I either think he was on the chorus there was yeah like i think he was singing vocals. on the chorus so yeah it was True. interesting that happens actually quite a bit there's also the interlude with um Dev Hines and I'm a huge Dev Hines fan, like huge Blood Blood Orange fan. And when the album came, before the album came out, she like sort of released a track listing with everyone that was going to be featuring on it. I was so excited for for to hear Dev Hines, and he's only on one of the interludes. I think it's No Limits is the interlude. I Mm -hmm. could be wrong. Yep. Um, And and he doesn't sing on it. So I think he. I think there's either yeah some backing something backing or maybe he's playing keys mm. but yeah it is it is interesting i like it's bold like it's i i've got i know what i want from you and even if it's not necessarily what people would expect from you i'm just gonna use that bit that i know i need or it's hey you're a friend why don't you just come along and sing on here and that way i can just sort of slide it into the mm. like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhere in that space but yeah who knows whether it's just yeah I think the recording Defying process expectations. was yeah. I'm, I think it's great. Well, I think yeah, the recording process was very much like that. I, I was I saw some videos um, of them doing the recording, and she would just like invite people in and be like, "Hey, do you want to come and mm. like do something here, or you know, do you want to sing on this?" It was it was. I, th- I think she described it as like a family. Yeah. Like she, you know, just got everyone involved, mm. which is so nice. Mm. Like. It would have been so fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just really sad you weren't there, right? Uh, look, yeah. it's really weird that she didn't invite me. <laughs> so you said you've seen her live. Yes, I saw Where her this Where and year. when? Opera House um, in June. That would be the way to do it. 
I guess yeah. you wouldn't mess around, would you? Yeah. It's just like you wouldn't play at the Triffid. No. Yeah. Oh, man. That, like, I flew down to Sydney for it because just... You're a fan? I'm a, f- I, I'm a bit of a fan. Yeah. <laughs> if I made that obvious. So uh, was it in the Opera House? Or it wasn't on the steps or anything? It was like inside the house inside itself? inside in the yeah. main hall. One of the halls, yeah. And she has been playing with this same sort of show setup for a while. And so there's like these two big pillars that... um that she had in the center of the stage. She had a band. They played the whole album, also some tracks from her EP. But the whole thing was just, the, the way that it all flowed was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. It was almost like you were listening to the album, but it was, she made everyone stand up on the second song and then everyone just kept standing up the whole time. <laughs> and, um, and she got in a bunch of, I think there was like 20 or 30 um, black women that came up on the last song, which I'm pretty sure was... Scales. <sighs> Scales is the last song because oh, then there's a closing with uh, the chosen one. I can't remember what song they finished on. I almost feel like it might be Don't Wish Me Well. I can't remember what they sang. But then these women just stood there on the stage and she just sang the song and the stage was filled with people of colour and it was like the most beautiful thing yeah. to see. I was, yeah... I, I cried through the whole thing. <laughs> it was very powerful. I will say, though, that that thing about when bands tell everyone in a seated venue to stand up, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Is I, it? I hate that. Mostly because I'm old and my knees don't like standing. So I love nothing more than finding out that I'm going to a gig at a seated venue because I'm just going in and I'm just going to sit. I agree with that. But more importantly, understand. if you're a band and you want to play a seated venue, you've got to let people sit. If you want to play a standing venue, that's fine. Go and find a standing venue and everyone will stand and it'll be great. Mm. But don't come to a seating venue usually because it's like, oh, we need to do this huge venue because that's the only place that could fit us and then force everybody to stand up. <laughs> that just bugs me no end. I have arthritis, so <laughs> yeah. I'm with you yeah, on yeah. that one. I can, I, on I, some days I can and some days I can't. Yeah. I definitely, if it wasn't Solange, I would yeah. have been the same. I've yeah. definitely like taken my little sisters to many, many a uh, entertainment center concert where I'm like, don't really want to be here, but yeah. at least I can like have a sit down. Yeah. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my sparkling water <laughs> and then they're all like standing and I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Now I've got to stand. Now I have yeah. to stand. But I guess if you, if for the tickets would have been scarce and everyone there would have been as in excited and immersed in it as you were so it's not like you're just nipping to a gig at a seated venue somewhere yeah. it definitely didn't feel like a gig it felt yeah. like a production it felt like mm. a theater show more so than a gig because it kind of went by so quickly as did well they, did she do any of the spoken word stuff there was some spoken word stuff but it was like a backing like track. it's a recorded one it was recorded yeah, yeah. um but it was mainly like i can't remember if she played it through the same way as on the album but she did have like a break where she played, you know, like a couple of the songs off the EP, which were like, you know, almost like a break. Mm. And then have you were like wiggle. back into it. Yeah. Oh, back into the sorrow. Yeah, the emotional part. Which yeah. I love. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So do you have any other, any other songs or anything you wanted to note? Ooh. Well, I really like Scales, actually. Mm-hmm. I think scales. I like. I really like Kalila as well. Kalila, Kalela. I never know how to say her name. Yeah. Also had a fantastic album that came out last year, which I really liked. Cool. Um, but I, I, I love. I love a good. I love a good harmony. Mm. Just give me a 
good a harmony. Yeah. And I feel like that song and also the uh, interlude before it with the Kelly Rowland and Nia. Oh, I think that was actually a bit before. That was, that was before Junie, was, which so is much... like so good because, yeah. yeah, like you guys talked about the party track. Is like it's got that little sort of hand clapping, you know, singing along, harmonizing a little bit leading into the party track, which oh, I think really so sort of good. sets that stage of like this isn't this is going to be different to some of the other songs on the album and that's as close as the album gets like a pure sort of party song yeah for sure yeah i really i really like some a good three-part or two-part i guess um female harmony yeah kind of oh i really love it and that's how i felt with scales as well just like i don't know i just i just really i just I really liked it. Multi-layered vocals. Yeah. It's good. And they both have such amazing voices, so you just sing to me always, Mm. forever in my life. Do you have more things of note, Mr. Liam? No, I'm all good. Awesome. I feel like you, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this album, Mm. and there's, you could talk about one song for 45 minutes. (laughs) And so it's one of those things where, like, like, I'm looking at my notes, and there's, yeah, there's... There's so much within every single song, but I guess, mm. like, I also feel like you can't really talk about one song without talking about all of the songs because mm-hmm. it is such a, like, the I see the album as a whole, whereas, like, although Cranes was, a, like, it was the single, I don't see anything as, like, I just, I feel like, I see it as a one as one body of work, yeah. I guess. So, the like, and, uh, yeah, so... It's all. It all fits in, and all has its pace, and they all have their. Everything says what it needs to say at the time that it needs to be said. Yeah. So, I think it works really perfectly. Ah. Joy, did you. you have any remaining? Uh, no, or I'm going questions? through my notes, and I've I've talked about some of the lyrics that I liked, things like that. So, I th- I can't remember if I mentioned the cranes in the sky lyrics that I thought were really pretty. So there was the. I tried to let go my lover. Thought if I was in London, maybe I could recover. And I thought that was just a really nice. lovely. I just thought it was a really sweet rhyme, line. A rhyming couple, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I just like heard it and was like, oh, that's actually a really, like, obviously this has got so much in it, and there's so much about uh, the political, but there's so much there about like agency and self-worth and this but there's also a breakup in there right yeah so you're like oh honey yeah <laughs> take some time yeah <laughs> um yeah and i don't know that this m- helped her or not you know like putting all of this stuff together and putting it all down and spending all that time and expending all of that emotional energy to produce the album yeah i just get to the end and i was just like i don't know that you feel any better mm. yeah yeah exactly no, yeah it's and not Sorry. No, no. Well, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say like, and even in in terms of like, you've created this thing that you've obviously put all of your frustration and love and pain into, but then now you have to talk about it all the time in interviews. Like, how exhausting is that? Like, I feel so lucky to be able to like consume this because it's like, Obviously, I didn't put any of the work into creating it and I get to reap the benefits of it. And I, I like, you know, I go back to it when I'm feeling a certain way or whether I want to, you know, like when, listen to Mad when I want to feel empowered. But then to think of like she's created this thing which now she just like 
it's like out, it's like an open wound that she never gets to really heal, right? Like someone's always just like reopening it, being like, <laughs> "Tell me more." Yeah, yeah. But we're gonna earn money from your pain. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I I think it's just such a bold. It's such a bold album. I've never heard anything like this before, and I think. I, I think I listened to it at the perfect time in my life because maybe I wouldn't have liked something like this a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now I'm just, yeah. I've, I've You're mature. I'm a mature. It's I'm also mature. it's really interesting. I find that this is the most, easily the most recent album that we've ever covered. Mm-hmm. Like oh, on, only true. two years old. So normally there are albums when we talk about the history of the albums that we like. It's like, yeah, the albums we grew up with and the albums that we listened to with our parents were playing music and all that sort of stuff. So this is sort of, yeah, easily... Yeah. The most recent album. So it's the oldest we've, nominated. Old, oldest we've had is 1977. Yes. So this is the newest, is 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. We had fun. Um, awesome. So, okay, we have come to that point. Vlada, do you think this album's flawless? <laughs> I, I think that this album is 100% flawless as a whole and every every song within it of course you do you bought it (laughs) that was merely academic uh mr mcginnis um so unfortunately i'm gonna have to say no um it's it's really smooth and it's really sultry and it's laid back and it's quite not laid back in its intention obviously but in the musicianship and it's very stripped back and i found it was a little bit too stripped back music wise instrumentation wise for me like obviously it's a very personal album for her and it's got some great themes and it's the kind of album that I know this is a really great album at what it is, but what it is is not for me. Fair. Which is 100% okay, because not everything has to be for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a straight white man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can, I can absolutely see why someone who likes this kind of music would find it flawless, and I can see that it's like a really great album at what it wants to do, but because it, I just didn't connect with the musicianship as much, then I just, yeah, I can't say that it's flawless, unfortunately. But I really like listening to it. And um, yeah, so thank you very much for bringing it all the same and yeah, introducing me to it and um, I never would have listened to it otherwise. So it's yeah, trying to expand my musical horizons a little bit. Well, I didn't know this album existed before, uh, really, because I hadn't been paying attention. And I really love so much of the music on it. And I really love the interludes. But why I can't make this flawless for me, because I'd want to make two playlists. And I'd I'd have a playlist of the music, then I for when I want to listen to that. And then I'd have a playlist of the interludes when I really need to confront all of my prejudices and stuff. (laughs) Twenty one tracks is a lot of tracks. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, 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 it is. And and I've done that before with like punk records and stuff where they've had um, like they've got all these in, you know like cartoons and stuff or whatever they put in the middle and I'm like well that's cool but I'd, I'd put that in a separate playlist and that's what I do with this because I think it's just too confronting for me and I like a flow of the music and there was I think if there was maybe three fewer interludes I'd probably be able to keep it but it, there was just a bit too much but it's a beautiful record mm. and I'm very glad you brought it yes it's, yeah it's not the kind of record that you like put on while you're making dinner and having a chat I don't think. Like, I mean, you obviously can, but it's like eating a really rich cheesecake. Like, it's a lot and you enjoy it. Yes. But you can't eat a cheesecake every day. 
anything. You can't do it. I have been eating a cheesecake every day because I've been listening to this record a lot. <laughs> and not everyone makes great cheesecakes. This is true. So you've got to, you've got to find a good a, cheesecake. It is a good cheesecake and it's brought up a huge amount that we, it's been great for us to talk about yes, with Lawless. Definitely. So we want to thank Vlada for coming in and bringing a record today. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Flawless is recorded at the Edge Studios at the State Library of Queensland, which is a fantastic free space. So check them out. If you'd like to help us get the word out about Flawless, you can give us a rating and feedback on most major podcast services, which helps other music lovers to find us. We also have a Facebook page where you can be part of the conversation. It's facebook.com slash flawlessamp. And you can give us a rating or a like or a share there too. Every little bit helps. We also have a Twitter, twitter.com slash flawlessamp. And an Instagram, instagram.com slash flawlessamp. You might see a theme. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.